For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are live with the Wrestling Inc. Friday Night SmackDown Podcast. I am Alfred Konoa, joined, as always, by our esteemed panel. First, uh, she's received the most wedding proposals in the history of this podcast, our returning uh, champion, Issa. What's going on, Issa? Hi, how are you? Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. And uh, our next panelist, he has received the second most wedding proposals on this podcast. (laughs) He is the owner of Wrestling Inc., He's been working very hard today, breaking all kinds of exclusive stories that we're going to talk about today. Raj Geary, how you doing, man? Good, man. How are you guys doing? Good, good. What were your guys' overall thoughts on the show tonight before we really get into it, starting with you, Issa? Um, I thought there was a couple of storylines that made no sense. A couple of things kind of upset me. Um, but outside of that, I, I don't know. I guess SmackDown is just so much easy to digest compared to a Monday Night Raw. You know, when I go back and look at Monday, it felt way better but i mean i i just want fastlane to be over with yeah i was saying they should call it speed bump because that's all it is it just slows things down you know like you're just pro you know uh slowing down to build a wrestlemania i I don't uh i get why the timing is what it is this year they got the peacock deal i think they want to have enough time to kind of um they want to a, a, a pay-per-view before WrestleMania to have on Peacock to work out the kinks. Right. I hope next year that there's either a bigger gap or they get rid of Fastlane. You, you know, do one January, one February, you know, then WrestleMania, and then do two in June or, you, you know, two, two in May or whatever to to get your 12 quota. But this just, it, right, just, but they it doesn't feel like WrestleMania called- season. Yeah, exactly. They could have called it a Peacock exclusive show, right? And just do some stupid card to welcome them to Peacock. And that way you can work out the kinks that way instead of, I don't know. I think, I mean, I don't know, because we have also gotten a few good matches at Fastlane. So I can't fully hate on Fastlane. I remember that triple threat between Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. You had Roman Reigns against Daniel Bryan. There was a few years that Fastlane tried. This year, it just feels like such an inconvenience. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I, I feel that way a lot about Fastlane. I mean, I, there's a lot of matches that look like they're building toward Fastlane that I just think should be at WrestleMania. And there's a lot of, like, WrestleMania storylines that have been so deep that I'm not ready for Fastlane to come and go. I just want this to go to WrestleMania. So I just uh, feel like it's in the way. Yeah, I mean, there are, you know, I do like the Roman Daniel stuff a lot, but no one thinks Daniel's going to win. I, I'd right. rather they have uh, wait for after WrestleMania, you have Roman retain, and then have Daniel Bryan you know, keep the Roman Edge feud going for a couple months and then go to Daniel Bryan, have that be your feud for the summer. I think it'd be way better and, and build Brian, uh, Daniel Bryan properly during that time, getting him a bunch of wins, 
because they've been they have been beating him so much that no one expects him to be Roman, you know, at Fastlane. No one expects uh, Jay Uso to beat Edge. I, I think that's one problem with Fastlane. With what other matches are there? Um, Sasha There's and Bianca. There's only two matches made. Right? Yeah, tag team title match. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just pretty obvious. Yeah. Well, let's get into this uh, show. Go ahead, Raj. You have something. Uh, yeah, I was just going to put a couple of these super chats real quick. Sure. Antoine Fair with the five dollar super chat saying, "If it wasn't for me, Raj wouldn't be able to watch the show." <laughs> Acknowledge me. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> and then finally, Brett Murphy saying, "Welcome to Friday Night Raw." Hello, and my God, WTF? Did Bianca just get pinned? Yeah. We will oh, we'll smash that. that later. Yeah, we will get into that. Um, let's just uh, get into the show uh, itself. It starts on SmackDown with Edge opening the show. It says Roman Reigns playing himself. Edge takes exception to Daniel Bryan says that, saying that he loves wrestling more than Edge does. He says that Bryan only has to wrestle once a week. Edge had to wrestle every single night, twice on Sundays against Legends. Bryan comes out. Uh, Edge's big talking point is that Daniel Bryan's going into business for himself. So Daniel Bryan responds. He says he respects Edge. Uh, but if this is his last WrestleMania, and he says this a couple of times, this is my last WrestleMania, I'm going out with a bang. Uh, Edge finally ends by saying, I think you're better than this, but I don't think you're better than me. He storms out. What do you guys think of this opening segment? I don't think it makes any sense. I think Edge should be happy to fight Daniel Bryan over Roman Reigns. So at this point, it becomes more of Edge wants Roman. This isn't about the universal title anymore. It's obvious that Edge wants Roman Reigns. Because if he was trying to go for a title, then he would probably be on Daniel Bryan's side here, right? That's what logic would tell you. I also want to know why these guys are treating wrestling like it's a girl they're trying to win over. Like, oh, I love wrestling more. No, I love wrestling more. Who cares? You want a WrestleMania paycheck. Say that. And I would actually appreciate that more. Yeah, I, I think he should sell it harder why he wants Roman and not Daniel Bryan. Make it, you know, say it's personal as opposed to, because mm-hmm. yes, Daniel Bryan would be the easier opponent for him. So, you know, logic would be go for the easier guy. Um, right. I, I do think that, and, and Issa, to your point about them, about bragging about who loves wrestling more and Edge is saying you only wrestle once a week. That's all he can wrestle right now. Yeah. They don't have live right. events and other, you know, they don't have other <laughs> Smackdown shows. <laughs> That's just a weird mm-hmm. dig. That's way more than he's wrestling. That was so. like a, such a heel line. It was almost like that Paul Heyman line when he said that while well, Roman Reigns was not WrestleMania and nobody showed up. Like it was one of those parlor tricks. <laughs> it was such a weird line for us to say. I agree. Right. Heyman yeah. saying it was funny though. That was yeah, exactly. Be cute. It was funny. And it was supposed <laughs> yeah. to be. That's what I'm saying. Like Edge, why would he say a line like that? Right. It, yeah. It was. It was just. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, we're in a pandemic. No one's wrestling more than one, uh, once a week. <laughs> Right. I just think right. they're doing this backwards. I, I feel like it would be so much better of a story, and we would understand Edge being pissed off if it was Daniel Bryan trying to take Edge's spot, and it was Daniel Bryan versus right. Edge at Fastlane. But like, I don't care how they try to tell the story; it just doesn't make sense to me why Edge is pissed off. And I'm just reading into this, thinking that Edge is just some manipulative, whiny heel, and he's like building toward this heel turn. But I just think this is a story that's not being told well. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a matter of Edge being angry that he outlasted 29 other guys and went on for 60 minutes and somebody else can come in and do it that easily. It's just like, you're the ultimate opportunist. And it's just, he's probably mad that other people are just doing his own stick, you know? (laughs) Yeah, they should sell that part. I think that's a great Mm -hmm. thing as a storyline to throw in there. But, you know, I think with Roman Reigns, Edge, Daniel Bryan, and Jey Uso, they're such talented guys. You got such a... A, a great foursome there that you could do a lot of cool stuff with. 
this just isn't the time. It should just be Roman, Edge. That's your big storyline. Uh, those are the two megastars. That should be it. And you're just muddying the waters right now. Right. They're doing that with the only two matches that they have set for WrestleMania. They're adding too many things into it that are not necessary. Oh. These fields can build on their own. Yeah, two we're less than a month away match. now. Yeah, mm-hmm. good point. And the main events still aren't set, and they won't be for another week and change. Ridiculous. <laughs> so we get uh, Street Profits in the Mysterios versus the Dirty Dogs in Alpha Academy. The Street Profits are, and Mysterios are attacked from behind before the match. Uh, so then they're just working over Montez Ford forever. Uh, I really loved the finish of this match. It was just a lot of high flying from all the baby faces, except for Angelo Dawkins. Uh, Ray goes to the outside. Dominic dies to the outside. Then Ford hits this very impressive uh, frog splash where he jumps high in the air like he usually does, but then he switches direction, kind of like Rob Van Dam used to do, but very impressive, and he hits a uh, Rude for the splash. So the story here is that Montez Ford has now pinned the tag team champion and Robert Rude, so the Street Profits are due for a tag team title shot. So why did they take the title off of them? <laughs> it's going to be the same feud all over again. Like, what? okay. <laughs> that is the problem when you only have two, te- you know, two or three teams. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, is- it was a good match. I, I, I think that if you want to make the uh, Street Profits look uncool, you just pair them up with the Mysterios. I'm sorry. I'm so over it. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I told you guys earlier, why is Dolph Ziggler teaming with Otis? Why? That's one thing that's always bugged me in WWE. When you've had a heated, heated feud and then they're teaming together later. I mean, this goes way back. I remember we're like... Uh, I think it was the first Survivor Series where Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat were on the same team and they never teased any dissension. And then they had uh, one Survivor Series that Roddy Piper and Jimmy Snuka and that they who had a legendary feud and that was never brought up during that build. It, that's always driven me crazy when you had guys. That was the WrestleMania match last year mm-hmm. was Otis and Dolph Ziggler. Mm-hmm. And to not even reference it, not to just tease like... They're not tagging each other, but they're working with the other guys or, you know, just kind of keeping a little continuity with your storylines. Um, mm-hmm. It's not hard to do. That but should accept you as a viewer, Raj. Absolutely. All they really needed to do if they were going to talk together is at least have a short segment, maybe backstage, where they say, hey, water under the bridge or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. maybe it would have been lazy, but you're rewarding your viewers for paying attention to this long running storyline. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, I don't. I, I, it doesn't sound like Issa is a big fan of the Mysterios, but I think uh, I think Ray just he just amazes me with how he still looks in in that ring and how he moves. He's, he's I'm just astounded because I've been watching you know I've been watching him since I was a teenager, so it just blows me away. Yeah, before that spot with Montez, my favorite spot in this match was Ray's hot tag where he just ran wild, and a lot of credit to Chad Gable because he just worked so well with Ray and sold for him. But right. Ray looked incredible in this match. Yeah. Then we get a backstage, uh, actually, we throw out a Molly Holly going to the Hall of Fame. That was an announcement um, awesome. that they made. You know, they already made that announcement on the bump, but this was the first time that they actually made it official, so they reached, uh, you know, set that, and she's going to be the first inductee in 2021. So uh, cool. We, I mean, yeah. one of the most memorable characters, you know, from that ruthless aggression area, era. Um, I think it's well-deserved. I think it's awesome. Agreed. I agreed. I was so excited to see it. Yeah. Who do, who do you think will headline this year? I mean, I think I carried over from last year and do Hulk Hogan and NWO. I mean, that was who's going to be bigger than that? Is that they're going to induct in twenty twenty one? Are they going well, to have to? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Are they going to have like two separate headliners, or just kind of go in order and just kind of mix them? Um, 
I think I you know. just get last year's and have Batista, right? It was Batista who was going to headline last year. Oh, and a right. couple of other people, just a small 2021 class, and then move on again next year and have a different um, headliner. Otherwise, I mean, the Hall of Fame ceremony goes on forever. As is. So I'm very surprised that they're even adding another class. I thought they would just do the 2020 this year. Well, I think this year, and let me know, Alfred, if you've heard anything else, but it sounds like they're kind of just doing it virtually. Like, it's not going to be at an Mm -hmm. arena. So in that case, if it's just Zoom speeches, it's probably going to be a lot faster. And if they do video package instead of people inducting them, and and you just have a video package showing their career, and, and then they accept without having an inductor, it would be way faster. I mean, you could get it done pretty quick, so... um if they, I mean, if that's the way they go, they could easily do 12 if they do six. I think they had six with right. last year and six with this year, but we'll see. Yeah, WWE loves this content, but I, I pray that this is a sped-up version of Hall of Fame because I don't want 18 <laughs> people or however many people going out there and doing 20-minute speeches. That is just no. <laughs> I, I went I went to one that year in New Orleans, and, uh, and, and I was trying to go to a bunch of other shows, so we were trying to hit all the spots. And that Hall of Fame, man... I think it was I think it was the Dudley speech, but and they're great, but it was just it's hard to sit there for that long. Yeah, I think I went to the one before uh, in Florida, and whatever one I went to, I, when it was over, I was like, "That is the last time I ever go to one." Of these. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was there for like five and a half hours. <laughs> the best kept secret is well, not anymore, but if you go to Access when Hall of Fame is going on, you'll get to meet all of the NXT oh. people pretty much for free because you have everybody in the main roster attending Hall of Fame, so they actually fill Access with the NXT people. So I usually skip the Hall of Fame to go to Access. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, uh, good hack as things start opening back up. I don't know if they're going to have access this year, but that's a good yeah, hack. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, I'm sure they won't. Um, Brett Murphy with the $5 Super Chat saying, it's time for Montez to go all in and be a single star. Hell of a look and a high level of charisma. You look great tonight. If that's yeah. the case, moving to Raw. Raw is in need of a good single star. So it feels like they're lacking talent over there, where SmackDown has too many and you don't know what to do with them. Yeah, I'd be worried on Raw, though. They have a, they have a history of not using talent correctly. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think Montez is a future star. Um, Jason McKay with the $10 Super Chat saying, do you think Edge got stink face flashback when looking into Jay's eyes? <laughs> That's an excellent question. <laughs> That's pretty good. I would. <laughs> if that happened to me. A little, little PTSD there. Uh, we, speaking of Jay Uso, we actually go backstage and Jay Uso is trying to get into Roman Reigns' locker room. Paul Heyman will not let him in. Says that Roman is a little, uh, angry right now. As he should be. Jay Uso did yeah. not do the job that he was supposed to do last week. So, I mean, that's what the story tells you, right? hmm Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they do that a little too much with Roman being upset with Jay. I feel like he's upset with him every week. Yeah. Get, get Jay some wins so at least he gets back on his good side. I mean, they did. I thought we were past this whole... Uh, and Edge had a great line later on in the night where he says you're like the lap dog to the big dog. And I thought we were past that. Like, Jay did earn his keep to some degree where he got a couple wins in the chamber. He's been earning his keep. But now we're back to Jay being the, you know, the puppy to Roman Reigns. I don't like that. Right. Uh, uh, Lasso uh, with the $5 Super Chat saying, push, fire, buried, female division, female DX, female NWO. <laughs> He's booking something over there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, here we get a Seth uh, Rollins interview. He's in his plaid best with a turtleneck. 
Uh, he says that uh, Cesaro is the biggest waste of potential he's ever seen, and then he's notified that there will be a rematch between Cesaro and Murphy, and he is intrigued. Uh, great outfit. I mean, he keeps killing it with these suits every week. I have to give him props. <laughs> um, I Listen, I, I, I was more interested in what happened after. I don't want to jump, but when he had hey. that with Shinsuke, I about, my heart just jumped off my chest because I want to see that match again. I know they had one at a Survivor Series. I would love to see them go at it again. Outside of that, I love the outfit. <laughs> <laughs> That suit stuck out, you know, stuck out to me too. It stood out to me too. I was like, looking sharp. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm guessing, I don't know if they're going to do Rollins versus Nakamura next week or they're doing Rollins versus Nakamura at Fastlane. And then I'm guessing it's Cesaro and Rollins at WrestleMania. At least that appeared to be the direction. There are rumors out there that the WrestleMania card is kind of in limbo, at least outside from the top matches. But still seems like they're headed that way. So the next segment, uh, Nia Jax takes Reginald shopping. So they're doing this montage segment where they're trying all these different outfits for Reginald. He's got his crop pants on. Uh, the best part of this is Shayna Baszler just kind of not wanting to be there. Yeah. She's watching in the background. Wants well, nothing to do with this. Uh, we get a photo shoot of a bunch of clips. We have some back shots with, uh, with Reggie and a selfie with Reggie and Nia. Uh, Reggie then sits in Nia's lap and he says, what can I do to repay you? And it is heavily implied that there will be a sexual relationship between these two. Alfred, I watched this segment the exact same way Shayna did. <laughs> <laughs> I feel about this the same way Raj feels about the magic stuff on Raw. It's not funny. It's needs to go. And he should probably just call Seth Rollins. I mean, obviously, he's the king of fashion right now. So they should have gone to Seth if they were shopping for suits. <laughs> you know, I feel the same way with, uh, with you, Issa, about this. I, I think at least do a Pretty Woman parody where they got the Pretty Woman song playing in the background or, you know, something. <laughs> this wasn't funny. It wasn't clever. It, it's just a waste of time. Um, yeah. Reginald, he can do cool stuff, you know, with his acrobatics and everything, but he is just watering down uh, Sasha and Bianca. His involvement, he would not be involved with the Roman Reigns edge feud. We'll get to Sasha and Bianca losing every week as well, but... I just think it's just a waste of time. And Sasha and Bianca, I, I, I've been saying this since the Rumble. Like, that could be the main event for one night, of, you know, one of the WrestleMania nights. And every week they're killing that to where I don't see it happening with the way the storyline is going. They're, they're butchering the storyline. 1,000%. This is a world title match. Those women's titles are world yes. titles. This is your world title WrestleMania program. And if you look at what they're doing with the Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre storyline, which I think they're building very well on yeah. Raw. It's very serious. You saw Drew McIntyre lose his mind on Raw. And then you look on SmackDown, how Edge and Roman Reigns, you know, we have our criticism, but that is a very serious storyline. And they are bogging down this world title WrestleMania program with all this comedy in addition We'll get to it later, but the bad booking of having Bianca Belair lose. This is one of the, I mean, as excited as I was to see Sasha and Bianca at WrestleMania, which is, I mean, it could be one of these matches that could transcend history of wrestling. Like, this is one of the most egregious storylines, I think, right now, in terms of what they're doing with it. I, I just don't get it. I don't see how anyone writing this couldn't see that. I'm 1,000% with you. And after watching NXT on Wednesday and seeing how they were treating the women over there with those amazing matches they're putting on, Io Shirai walking up to Raquel and calling her out, like, that's what I want to see yeah. on the main roster. I, as much as I didn't agree with the tag team thing that they yeah. did, 
it was still such a good match. And I'm like, why can't we translate that onto the main roster? Because I feel the main roster is just as stacked and, and talented as the NXT women's roster is. We don't need all of this. And where is Carmella in the mix of all of this? Because she's the one who brought Reginald, and she's nowhere to be seen for weeks. Yes, this is driving me crazy with this Carmella thing, because Reginald has not really explained whether there's a motivation. So now, as a viewer, I'm thinking, is there some, like, long play? Are they going to have Carmella come in? And But I think they've just broken that off. And if they did, and this is the last we see of Carmella and Reggie, what terrible storytelling that is. Yeah, she fired <laughs> yeah. him last week, right? Two weeks mm-hmm. ago, I believe. Was it two weeks? It might have yeah. been last week. It was last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that was it. I think that was how they brought it oh, off. God. But, yeah, well, Nathaniel Cook saying uh, Jay Uso versus Daniel Bryan, two out of three falls match at Mania. Jay has been a star and deserves a big moment at Mania day one ish. Oh, I'd love to see Uso and Daniel Bryan at Mania in a singles match. Yeah, yeah I think they, they, I think he deserves it. He's been doing such a good job um, since you know since this whole Roman Reigns storyline. He does deserve to have a good singles match at WrestleMania. And, and kudos to him, because usually when the Usos, one of the Usos gets injured, they just keep the other one off TV until they're back. And Jay Uso has really turned it up. They gave, you know, they gave him the ball and he ran with it. So he's he's been great. I think uh, we're going to see the Usos by WrestleMania. I think, you know, Jay oh, yeah. does deserve a singles match, but I think by the time we get to WrestleMania, we're going to see the Usos together. And I think they're building that story right now. Or at WrestleMania. Like, he, oh. uh, Jimmy Uso makes a surprise appearance. But he, oh, he should be good to go. He should yeah. be. He was ready to go in January. Right. Uh, Chris Pantaleo with 499 Super Chat saying, Rain should have said to Edge, your best friend is so scared of the thought of me and my table that he left <laughs> to go sit at the kids' table. You should be writing for a WB, Chris Pantaleo. That's a good, good line. That was a good line. I don't think they want to reference AEW, though. <laughs> Jody Shauna Sha- uh, Jenkins with the $5 Canadian Super Chat saying, outside of Reigns and Cruz, I have zero interest in SmackDown these days. I would take two hours of Glenn describing Manscaped over this show. <laughs> two hours. <laughs> um, I, I find SmackDown a lot easier to watch than Raw, and I usually like it better. Um, but tonight, again, until the, until the ending segment, I like the Big E promo too, but too. I did think it wasn't that great otherwise. Um, Stellar Justin Lopez saying... Silly me, WWE could fill the gaps for 10 weeks between Sasha and Bianca. I've never seen a huge title match for Mania booked so poorly. It's like book, Vince is booking this much uh, <laughs> this match for Fastlane. It is. I can't disagree. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, we're going to get into those matches, uh, and, and we'll really kind of vent when we get there. But uh, <laughs> then we get to um, Cesaro versus Murphy. These two are on the way. It seemed to have a pretty good match. It was very short, um, but... It was interrupted by Seth Rollins, who hits two curb stomps on Cesaro. It was one of those things where Seth Rollins just screaming at Cesaro with no microphone. Um, so they're kind of selling the seriousness of this. Uh, Rollins goes for a third curb stomp with uh, Cesaro's head in a chair, but he's stopped by officials, and they're breaking it up. Uh, Rollins leaves in a huff, and when he goes backstage, as we alluded to earlier, he's met face-to-face with Shinsuke Nakamura, which, for the record, I think is a way superior feud than Cesaro and Seth Rollins. But it looks like we're going to get Shinsuke Nakamura as a setup guy for Cesaro. Should be the other way around, in my opinion, right? Like you said, I think I think that Shinsuke and I listen, Shinsuke Nakamura against Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins against Cesaro. Obviously, we win no matter what. These are going to be amazing and epic matches. Uh, but I, I like the face of. But my question is, why is Shinsuke kind of like? Is he defending Cesaro? Is he mad? I thought they were broken off. Like again, I had a lot of issues tonight with a lot of untie like mm-hmm. ends that mm-hmm. are like all over the place, right? Because we know that Shinsuke and Cesaro were buddies. But they haven't really been around each other for 
a while now. So I want to know why Shinsuke was so mad, and I hope they address that before they go into Fastlane. Yeah, they have a bad time, uh, you know, uh, just tying those little storylines together that shouldn't be that hard. Right. Um, unless I missed it, I don't think they really mentioned it on commentary even when they came back. Like, oh, Shinsuke has a problem, you know, not happy with Seth Rollins uh, beating down his old friend, you know, his old no. acting partner, nothing that I recall. So uh, just, uh, you know, I, I agree. It's, 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 it's just small things that you could do to make it so much better. And even before this, they were kind of teasing a feud between Cesaro and Shinsuke when Shinsuke got hot for, you know, that couple weeks when he won right. that gauntlet. They had Cesaro coming around like he was going to feud with Shinsuke and then dropped that cold. And now he's a babyface. Well, you know, when Shinsuke got hot, it was actually supposed to be Cesaro that got hot. Right. That was, that was one, a Wrestling Inc. Excuse, exclusive at the time that uh, Cesaro's contract was coming up due. Um, after, oh, yeah, that's funny. And uh, yeah. so they basically gave that push to Shinsuke. And, uh, you know, now that Cesaro's re-signed, he's, he's getting a bit of a push. So, uh, Real quick, uh, Stellar Justin Lopez with the 499 Super Chat saying, Arguing over Reginald, what happened to building a feud out of yeah. respect? Bianca being an underdog versus an established champion with a pedigree like Sasha – or Sasha's threatened by Bianca because she sees a lot of herself in her, but Bianca's yes. such an amazing athlete. It's an easy story to tell. I agree. There's a million stories you can tell that are simple and would be very powerful. And to do this uh, over there, whether or not Sasha's jealous of a guy, is just ridiculous. Right. The story told itself as soon as Bianca picked Sasha. Like, you didn't have to do anything else. You don't have to add anything else. Just let them come out there and do what they did tonight. I like the Sasha little burn that she's the Michael Jordan. Maybe one day you can be the LeBron. I like that line. And then all of a sudden, these two come out and just ruin everything. And that's my whole point. I'm so excited for this match. And I know that when they go one-on-one, we're going to get an amazing match. WWE tends to deliver when it comes to the pay-per-view and the matches. But I really feel like we will all be so much more invested in the fields, you know, throughout the weekly programming. We're better. Listen, they're going to kill it no matter what. I just really need, again, Fastlane to just be over with already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We go backstage and we get uh, Sami Zayn meeting with Kevin Owens. He's got his documentary crew. He says that he's going to do Logan Paul numbers for this documentary, which I can't wait till this comes out. This might be the best built storyline in WWE is Sami Zayn's documentary. And then Kevin Owens says he'll think about it. Where do you guys think they're going? Are they going? So do you think Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn is the direction for WrestleMania possibly? I hope so. I mean, they, they, they're not doing much with them right now. You know what I mean? And, and that's a story that can always be told between those two. Um, so maybe, hopefully, we'll see. Two nights. <laughs> You've, yeah, exactly. Two nights, three and a half to four hours each. Um, and you know you're going to have an awesome match with those two. And there's no clear direction right now for either of them. I mean, you know, Sammy, you know, Biggie pretty much ended that feud. Kevin Owens, his thing with Reigns was kind of done. So... Yeah, I mean, it, I think I think it's a good way to go. That could be a tag team that you can put together. I would love for them to have a tag team title run, and you that would actually believe them as a tag team before I believe Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. So you know, if you have if you if you run out of tag teams, there's one right there waiting for it. And I think Kevin Owens said recently that he would like to have a tag team run with um, Sami Zayn. See, I, I think them as reluctant partners, you know, Sami yeah. the, the annoying heel and. Kevin Owens, the baby face. I think it would be, I think they could make it do a bunch of cool stuff with that on TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big Andy liking my nickname for Fastlane, Speed Bump. Thank you. 
<laughs> so we go to the KO. Oh, no, we go backstage for another backstage segment with Edge and Jay Uso. Edge is saying that he's known uh, Jay Uso's family for a long time. And then that's where he says a line about him being the lap dog to the big dog. And Jay gets pissed and he says, Roman's going to get you at WrestleMania. So a lot of Edge and Good. Jay. Good. Edge is, is reminding me of, of Drew McIntyre crying over Sheamus. He needs to stop. He yeah. needs to just be a badass and, and quit trying to give advice backstage. Nobody wants to hear it. Jay Uso doesn't want to hear it. Yeah, this, I'm glad Edge is wrestling next week because this Edge character has just mostly been a guy stirring shit up backstage, complaining about his spot. Like, this. I do not like this Edge character. It's kind of like, you know what it kind of reminds me of is Sting in AEW where you had like 12 weeks of him kind of doing the same thing. <laughs> it, yeah. That's kind of where Edge is getting. Like, they need <laughs> to mix it up. Either keep him off a little bit. Um, maybe they should have just kept him off during this whole Fastlane build, I, you know, until this week since he's going to be the enforcer. But... Uh, he, he, it is getting redundant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Let's go to the, and, uh, oh, sorry, real quick. Tina Miller bringing up with the Sasha Banks stuff. Uh, nobody needs to be involved in this, but Sasha and Bianca, just let those ladies come out and trash talk every week and it would be great. Oh, yeah. Amen, Tina. I saw some, I don't think I've seen as much excitement for, uh, like a women's SmackDown championship match for WrestleMania as when Bianca Belair simply came out and challenged Sasha Banks. That was probably the high point of this feud. Yeah. So there's not much more they need. You know what this reminds me of is the Bret Hart Vince McMahon. I was just thinking that. When it's I like, was just thinking guys, that. They got the story. It t- sells itself. They don't need to do anything. And every week they right. told that story, it's all kinds of craziness they didn't need because it just had extra time. That's what yeah. happened with this feud. Yeah, they had him, Vince hitting him with the car. The and- car, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gets involved Batista's. It's like, what are these guys all doing here? This he just turned it phony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have a theory that the weekly programming now is just material so they can make awesome video packages to play before the matches. So they're going <laughs> to cut this in a way that's going to look so amazing, WrestleMania Day, but we yeah. have to endure all the cuts in between. We'll forget how bad it is. We'll just cut out all the bad stuff. We'll get the facial reactions and we'll play dramatic right? music. And we'll be like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> we go to the KO show. Uh, Kevin Owens comes out, says he's going to keep fighting, uh, brings out uh, Sasha Banks, who almost drops her belt. Uh, then he says that uh, Cena and Shawn Michaels are the only tag team co-champions who have ever faced off at WrestleMania. Those at WrestleMania 23, and he's right about that. Uh, and then Sasha and Bianca Belair start going back and forth. This is where Sasha says she's the MJ of the women's division, and Bianca is just the LeBron. So a lot of Gen Z people are going to be pissed about that. Uh, then she says, I'm the B-E-S-T, and Bianca Belair claps back by saying, you wasn't with me shooting in the gym, which is a Drake line from a very good song called Stay Scheming mm-hmm. featuring Rick Ross. You guys need to hear it. It's awesome. Uh, and then you know, she's interrupted by Nia and Shayna who come out with Reginald, and then Natalia and Tamina come out. That gets us to our next match. But before we get to the next match, what do you guys think about this segment? Uh, I think that if Sasha is the MJ and Bianca is the LeBron, where was the Kobe? Where was... Uh, Bailey, because she could have been the host. This could have been a ding dong hello, and we. Could, I, I miss seeing Bailey on TV, and I don't know what they're gonna do with her at WrestleMania. Um, I, I I like the interaction up until Naya and Shayna came out, and that's exactly what we've been saying this whole show. It's like they, just let the two of them do what they need to do to build their feud. Um, you know, I, I thought it was so funny when Shayna and Naya came out, and Kevin Owens said, "I didn't invite them." <laughs> You know, it always gets a couple of lines in there that will make you laugh no matter what, right? Um, but yeah, I was into it. I get it. I get it. They have a match coming up, you know, but what happened once that music hit after that made no sense whatsoever. 
And real quick, before we get to you, Raj, Kevin had another line to Sasha that you could tell was unscripted because of her reaction. He was like, thank you, uh, the boss. Thank you for all your paychecks. And she was like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, 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 again, I like this segment until, you know, until they're interrupted. Um, they, were, they were interrupted, right? Am I remembering that right? They were, yes. Yes, yes. yes. Um, but yeah, I like them just going at it. Um, and I think that's what it should be. I, I feel like one of them should be heel. And I think it should be Sasha. Um, She's something heelish. Her promos are very heelish. She does that little laugh that, like, almost not like makes you not like her. So I think that's (laughs) her best. Yeah. Oh my god, it drives me crazy every time she does it. So she's doing a good job with that. I feel like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, in her own way, I feel like she's coming off as the heel. If one of them must be the heel, their fan base is so huge that it's gonna be hard to. It's gonna be a fifty-fifty, in my opinion. They both have a huge fan base. Right. I, I just think when, when they have two baby faces, they always go this route with them being tag teams. Like I, I'm yeah. not just talking about WrestleMania, but just so many times in the past, Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, they even did whole, Randy Savage and Ultimate Warrior once. Um, it's mm-hmm. like, that's the only storyline they know. Whereas if Sasha was full heel, maybe they'd do something more creative, you know, more, you know, they could do the beat downs. They could do, you know, baby face chasing the heel. But because it is two baby faces, they're you know they always fall in this. Ta- they have to team with each other for some weird reason. Except they're doing it even worse this time because they keep losing on top of that. Yeah. Right, I'm hoping that the turn happens at Fastlane. I yeah. hope that yeah. something happens because they were already disagreeing. You saw a little bit of a tease at the end of the match when when Bianca and Sasha were going at it over who lost the match for who. So mm-hmm. maybe that's what happens at Fastlane, and we do see a little bit of a turn then. Yeah, 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 and they mentioned one of those storylines. Your point, Raj, the Shawn Michaels John Cena. That's the exact storyline they did with that too. Yeah, that was a really good storyline because eventually Cena, you know, got super kicked, and they built to that. I really like that. But it was two baby faces who had to team together. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they weren't losing every time. Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! So we get uh, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks versus Natalia and Tamina. Uh, Reginald is on the desk. He's showing off his suit. I will say, listen, I might be in the minority. I do mildly enjoy this. Interaction between Reginald and uh, Nia Jax. I like Reginald. I just don't want it anywhere near the storyline. That's exactly. the reason for But I, I was getting a kick out of Reginald standing on the desk, showing off his outfit. Um, Sasha Banks, for whatever reason, goes after Reginald. She doesn't like that he's showing off. Uh, she's chasing him around the ring. Uh, this causes Tamina to roll up Bianca Belair. Uh, Tamina and Natalia win this match. Bianca Belair is upset. Uh, Issa, go off. Uh, <laughs> listen, I guess good for Tamina for getting a win. It doesn't need to be over Bianca Belair. Like, why? <laughs> why? And why not have those two go against Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler at Fastlane? Just anybody but these two. I don't think that there is nothing that makes a casual viewer be interested in this. Right. If I tell somebody that doesn't watch wrestling, you got to see these two girls go at it and they start watching right now. They're going to be like, what's so good about them? They're losing every week on TV. Why are you so excited for this? I listen, I, I can't stress enough how they have the only two matches that are official made on their own. They should be working on the other feuds. And I don't even understand why they're putting all these layers on, on fields that are perfect on their own. Bianca does not need to be losing. You had her beat Shayna, and that felt like a big deal, only to do this to her the next week. This 50-50 booking, like, every week, it's just stupid. It doesn't do anything for anybody, and it doesn't help sell tickets or pay-per-views or Peacock subscriptions or whatever it is they're trying to sell now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all, it, it, always what sells is seeing the two best. 
And, mm-hmm. and that is why you don't see Roman lose. They're booking him perfectly. You rarely ever see Drew lose. You, you know, when they decided that Bobby Lashley was going to be the guy, he didn't lose. It's, it's, they know it, but they're not applying that formula to Sasha and Bianca. And it's just watering down this feud. And it just makes zero sense. If you're, if you're making you know, Creed 2, you're not going to have Creed and Drago losing to other people on the way to fighting each other you know, in the movie. You, you save that. You want to see the two best. And, and how is it going to go down? Because they're the two best and, and they can't be beat. But instead, you're seeing both of them get beat constantly. And that's why it's so egregious is the storyline is Bianca Belair is the EST of WWE. Biggest, quickest, strongest, fastest, all that stuff about being the best and winning her matches. That's what it's predicated on. And then Sasha Banks saying, no, I'm better than that. So if they're talking about how good they are, and then they're going and losing these comedy matches, that's even more egregious in terms of how the is being booked. I'm yeah, just very disappointed on the bill for both female titles right now. We don't even know what's going on with Raw. Like, I... I, I disrespectful to the women's division and all the work that they've done for it to be taken seriously and you don't even have you know you have a good match you're just ruining it with all these layers and you don't even know what to do in the other end like it's it's disappointing because it's it it brings me back to when the women main evented like that bill for ronda becky and charlotte was perfect the segments the police cars like everything (laughs) was just amazing why can't you do that again like it's not that hard you could do that with bianca and sasha because people like them that much and people are looking forward to that match that much. The only problem I had with Rhonda and uh, Becky was I don't think Charlotte should have been in that match. And I'm a huge Charlotte Flair fan. I Me just too. Felt like Me that was, too. That I, wanted to see, I still want to see. I still want right. to see the one-on-one. I yeah. mean, yeah. I can always dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. It, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else can be said. You know, again, to your point, Alfred, if you're the, you know, the EST and the best and, and Sasha's better, but you're distracted by someone showing off their suit, yeah. you know, and, and you cause your partner to lose because someone's showing off a suit at ringside. Just from the outside looking in, if you're watching this for the first time, just think of a viewer trying to get into the story and they see that. Um, it's just, Happy Women's History Month. Yeah, and it, yeah, you're just watering... You're watering this feud down. Yeah. Uh, Tina Miller saying, well, I think Issa and I may be soul sisters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we go uh, backstage. No, after just a couple match. more real quick. A lot of people chiming in on this. Uh, Trevor Snick saying, ruining what could have been a main event of night one. Yeah. I uh, have hope that it can still be. I still have hope. I hope there's a turn of Fastlane and we really move on from it. And, and really, I mean, they're not going to have a one-month bill, but in two weeks, I know these two women can kill it with a couple of good promos. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Johnson saying, I prefer Reginald doing this, but he's already been so prominent in the women division just as much as their main event women. It got annoying two weeks ago. I thought, I thought it got annoying before that. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. finally, Jared Wilson saying, WWE will swerve us and put Sasha and Reginald together. <laughs> oh. They won't be able to resist. Oh, God. I mean, the fact that there's still a month left till WrestleMania scares the hell out of me. I don't think it's going to get better. I just think they're just going to keep coming up with wild ideas. Sadly, I don't, yeah. I don't think that's he's completely wrong. I, I, what if they have Reginald uh, involved in the WrestleMania match and like interferes think- on Sasha's behalf? Probably will. Um, backstage, Sasha and Bianca are archery backstage. Uh, you know, Bianca is saying that I told you to get rid of him. And Sasha says you took the L rookie, and she walks off. So again, Sasha acting very heelish. Yeah. 
then she's we, great uh, at it. I, I think if oh, yeah. if she wants to be, she could be kind of like the Roman of the women's division as far as that top heel that just comes across as the superstar. She can go in the ring. She's just you know she's perfectly well rounded, and uh, I just think her character fe- feels more heelish than a babyface. Yeah, I agree. I I think so, and I think she's better as a heel as well. I think um, just I think she should go based on the I'm better than you over the whole rookie thing because I feel like that's what they did with Bailey and Bianca where it was like you're mm-hmm. a rookie you're just a rookie so I feel like Sasha and Bianca should just stick with the who's better out of the two yeah we get the return of Big E he this is a little weird he walked out he's in full gear but he's got a neck brace and a crutch on and he's kind of limping but he immediately takes it off uh, then he cuts a promo saying that you made me go biblical, uh, eye for an eye, but you take one of mine, I'll take two of yours, step on my lawn, I'll bulldoze your house. He calls out Apollo to come right here, right now, but we don't get Apollo. Instead, Baron Corbin, King Corbin, comes out in a suit and he answers the challenge, says that uh, he didn't know there was going to be a challenge, but he wants to do it. Sammy Zayn cuts the line, and he says he accepts. And this made me laugh out loud. Biggie says, says, I don't care who wants this title challenge. Whoever gets in the ring first gets a title shot. Sammy Zayn gets into a full split. He slides in the ring and then he celebrates like he had just gone on horses right. He's like, hey! (laughs) It's funny. I was laughing so hard at this. That was really good. It was. It was. Bless Sammy saying he makes me laugh every week. Every week. He's just on point. He is really good. I, I'm almost positive they're not going to do anything with this documentary eventually. Like, oh. there's good, they're just going to drop they it. Have but to. Oh. I, I would, I wish they would, but you just know it's going to be just dropped. Just or like Biggie destroys the film, or you know something like that. No, I will start, if they don't pay this off, I will start a GoFundMe to see this yeah. documentary. They're busy, they better do it. We, we, we. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I really want to see it. I think they have the fans interest. Why not make it happen? I, I Before, forgot to bring this. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was saying, like, just how they dropped that uh, Murphy Aaliyah storyline, you know? And, and oh. fans were kind of invested. They had spent so much time in it. And then Murphy, the other day, he put out this thing on Instagram that he later deleted, kind of explaining, like, why uh, he, he turned his back on Mysterio, saying they turned on him, and yada, yada, yada. Of course, never explained on TV, done nothing. And that was a storyline that they spent, God, what, like five months, six months? And yeah, and his explanation was good. I read that comment on Instagram, and I'm like, why couldn't he come out and say that to Seth Rollins last week when he just manifested behind him? Why not say, listen, forgive me, Messiah. I understand. Like, this is what happened. Right. It's a short promo explaining exactly what he put in that comment, and everything, like, the whole story would just change because... You know, just tying the loose ends, like we were saying earlier. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say that before Sami Zayn made us all laugh, that promo by Big E, I was so happy to see that fire backing him because I was worried that Apollo surpassed his momentum, you know, with everything that Apollo has going on. I was like, oh, oh, this, this is not good for Big E right now. And I feel like maybe that's made Big E stepped it up. I love seeing a serious, I'm going to kick your ass biggie yeah. up there ready to go i didn't i i didn't see the point in the whole coming out looking all weird and then taking it off and running like i okay whatever but outside of that i really was happy to see him all fire up again because he we needed that biggie back especially against this apollo completely agreed i, th- I thought that was one of biggie's best promos uh, mm-hmm. you've never seen him that really intense and angry um you know, even in the past when they do, like, someone in the New Day getting hurt, it would still mostly be, like, 
you went too far, but you know, it wasn't like that mad. And I thought right. this was like a single star, you know, main event, a guy in the main event, um, type of promo. And I thought he delivered it perfectly. Given how great it was, I would have loved to see him just walk in the ring pissed off. Like I could have done without the whole shedding, the stuff right. he's laughing at the beginning. Cause I thought it was like, well, you're really kind of making a joke out of this feud. But when he cut that promo, I thought that was amazing. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I really, I, this is a feud. I, this is, makes me want WrestleMania to come a little sooner because I think they've just done a perfect job of this feud, building these two guys. And, and I just want to see them wrestle. Mm-hmm. I hope they keep Agreed. it as singles. Right? Yeah. Because they, they, a lot of times with the U S title and intercontinental title, they can't help, but add like 10 people to the match. So. Especially the IC title. It's always a weird multi-man ladder match. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I could easily see them doing that with the riddle, but uh, with oh, yeah. the big E, you know, Apollo Crews, he's been, he's turned it up he, again. A lot of times, WWE can't really book for baby faces. And you see all these guys, Sami Zayn, Apollo, once they turn heel, they're the next level. You know, they're, all of a sudden you're seeing all this, you know, all this potential finally being realized. Yeah. Yeah, but times have changed and now it's cool to root for the bad guy. You know what I mean? So it's just like, there's not a problem with pushing the heels anymore. It's not the 80s, you know. <laughs> we don't want to eat our, drink our vitamins or whatever it is. Like, now we just want to see a badass kick ass. Yeah. So we get the Big E versus Sami Zayn match. And uh, Big E, uh, it's a good match with back and forth. Uh, Sami does a great job selling for Big E. Uh, Big E wins his clean. And then Apollo jumps Big E from behind, hits him with the Olympic slam, hits him again with the steel stairs, and then he stands atop the steel stairs. Uh, I will say this. I, I, I don't know about them going to Apollo Cruz's full accent. I like him going in and out of the accent. But I, I've never seen so much fire from him when he's talking in this accent. This is like, it, there's this uh, segment. I don't know if you guys saw that Breaking Ground show. Uh, where yeah. they were just kind of following around the NXT talents. They had this episode mm-hmm. where they were cutting promos, and Scott Hall is there watching the guys. Apollo Crews cuts just this terrible promo where he just doesn't know his character. And Scott Hall pulls him aside and says, like, hey, do you even know, like, who your character is? Or what, is that how you really talk? And, uh, and I'm, I always think about that when I hear him cut these in Nigeria because it's not how he really talks, but it's what he believes in. And that's what I like about mm-hmm. it is that he's cutting these great promos. So if that's what it takes, go into the accent and play a character, I'm fine with it. Yeah. yeah, usually I'm not a, fi- a fan of someone all of a sudden getting an accent, but he did explain last week like he normally has the accent, but um, you know he he would get, he got rid of it to try to please people, and and mm-hmm. that's how he really talks. So I, I, I dug that. I, I I think Apollo is doing his best work since he's been with the company. Yeah, I agree with you, and I love the that he used the steel steps again with the whole yeah. show them the steel line, like the continuation with what he's been saying. It was great. Apollo looks amazing right now, and now Big E with the fire back. I'm looking forward to the match. Hopefully, they, they keep saving it until WrestleMania. We'll see. Yeah. And it was a great visual to see Apollo Crews standing on those steel steps afterwards. Yeah, yeah that was cool. <laughs> uh, Steve Marchatuli with the 499 Super Chat saying, Speaking of booking, book cross with undefeated streak win. Uh, oh, with the undefeated streak, win the Royal Rumble, and conclude with beating Roman at WrestleMania 38. Thoughts? is way too soon um yeah. i mean I, I love what they're doing with cross but you know we got to see how it plays out hopefully we'll have fans back maybe this summer um i mean it's you know with president biden did a speech the other day saying uh by may all, all the adults all adults that want it should have the vaccine mm-hmm. And that by the 4th of July, you know, people will be able to have barbecues and stuff again. That's not that far away. So we'll have to see how crowds react to him, um, you know, just how if he gets over. But I'm, I'm a huge fan of, you know, of the way they've built Cross. 
I am as well. Yeah. Chris Pantaleo with the dollar ninety nine super chat saying, "Speaking of camcorder, you should see Kit ninety on Hulu." On a documentary or something? I, mean, I haven't heard of it. Okay, I'll check it out. Kit ninety on Hulu. Yeah, uh, Michael <laughs> Sachs Jr. saying, "I think it's time for Biggie to change his ring gear." I yeah. like his ring gear. Yeah, I, I see what he's saying, I, and I and I and I can see him not being taken too seriously because of the colors or this and that, but. I mean, it's also part of the new day, so it's, it's going to be yeah. weird to see he would completely change up the gear. But I, I can see why some people might not take him seriously. I mean, Big E talks about this in his documentary. He's always told that he needs to be more serious. That's just not who he is. Like, if he's just able to be himself, and like what you saw tonight, he was performing in a serious role. But the Big E character is a guy who likes to have fun. He's very fun. He's a great performer. And if he was to be serious, I don't think we'd like it because I don't think he'd believe in it. He'd just be playing a character, and I don't think he'd like it. Yeah, I think Coffee Kingston is a perfect example that you don't have to change the gear in order for people to take them seriously. We took him very seriously. He won the world title, and we were right there with him. So, But I think WWE did keep booking him like he was a member of the New Day, and as soon as he right. lost the title, he was just back to where he, he went. And I felt like – I'll go to the Bret Hart-Shawn Michaels um, comparison. When Shawn Michaels split from the Rockers, he changed his gear, his look, his mm-hmm. music, and I felt it was easier for him to transition to his singles – Whereas I felt like Bret Hart, it took a little longer. And um, even when he won the world title, ratings dropped, business dropped for a couple of years. Um, I, I just felt a lot of people just didn't see him as a single superstar. And I felt mm-hmm. like maybe if he had changed up um, his look or something a little more, uh, maybe it would have. But I, I get what he means by, by Biggie, kind of just being a completely different character from the New Day uh, character. Right, right. I see your point there, and I agree. So we go backstage. Oh, oh sorry, real quick. Uh, Ger- Gerald Wilson with the 499 Super Chat saying, Corbin comes out wearing a suit and his crown, which totally kills his credibility and believability. The guy is floundering. He is. Uh, Baron Corbin needs a crowd. He needs somebody to boo him every time he comes out. Even his lines are meant for the boos, and they're not there, and that's hurting him a lot. Yeah. Well, what wrestler has had their peak, and I'm not excluding Jerry the King Lawler, that after winning the King of the Ring, when they kept winning, wearing the crown and the cape, uh, and they saw them being elevated to main event level, I can only think of Booker T. And he was right. already kind of at that main event level anyway. But outside of that, everyone else, it's been a demotion. Like Sheamus was like world champion before it kind of fell to mid card level. Uh, Wade Barrett, I mean, you know, I, I don't think it's ever a positive when you're wearing the crown. I mean, Somebody yeah, needs to just cut a promo on him and tell him that was like three years ago. You need to drop it, bro. Yeah. And maybe that could be how you get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time, his henchmen were Lashley and Drew McIntyre. And that's going to be your main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's true. Uh, Razor saying, uh, Owen. Um, I, I love Owen, but he wasn't a, a main event guy during that King run, right? Unless I'm missing something. Not necessarily. He, he never really he, got well, he wasn't wearing the crown. He, he No. Like, Bret Hart won King of the Ring, Brock Lesnar, but they weren't wearing the crown. Trying to imagine Brock Lesnar in that gimmick. Yeah, I just thought about Brock Lesnar in a crown. That was- yeah, so <laughs> Owen did win the King of the Ring, but he wasn't wearing the crown. Uh, he, and he did main event, I think, that year, SummerSlam. But he wasn't wearing the crown uh, over and over. Beastie will be a vision in a crowd, just saying. <laughs> we get to Reginald backstage telling Nia that she should challenge Sasha Banks to the SmackDown Women's Championship and become a double champion. She likes that idea. So, so that's next week, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah I believe they announced it for next week. Yeah. So they're probably going to do whoever wins that match is losing at Fastlane. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. That's how they book. <laughs> That's how they book, yeah. We get the main event segment, which is a contract signing between Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. Roman Reigns had just been talking about how pissed off he is all night. Uh, he says he's not signing the contract. Daniel Bryan does sign the contract. Then he says, I'm AJ Uso, quit. I'm the head of the table. And this pisses off Roman Reigns so much that he ends up signing the contract anyway. Uh, uh, Jay then gets mad and he flips over the table and he says that this match needs a special enforcer, which brings out Edge. Uh, Edge says he agrees. He says the winner of Edge versus Jay Uso next week, which is Edge's first SmackDown match in 11 years, the winner will get to be special enforcer. This leads to a big brawl. Uh, Daniel Bryan hits a running knee on Edge, and we go off the air. Love this segment. I loved everything about it. Um, I thought I thought Roman was funny in the beginning. I loved the intensity in his eyes when Daniel Bryan really said that line, like, I made him tap and you couldn't. I really, really loved how that completely changed. You kind of saw him go a little psycho there, right? Um, I, I think Jay Uso flipping the table and understanding that, you know, he's he's the reason why this is happening and snapping on them. I, it, was, it was very well done at the end, everybody going at it. Almost makes you wish that it was the tag match at Fastlane that they had originally thought they were going to go with. That being said, I think that Jey Uso against Edge next week, listen, I'm going to order some pizza, get a drink, because that's going to be a good match. That will be great. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I thought this this was one of those episodes of SmackDown. I wasn't liking it until the end. And, and mostly it was because of that Sasha Bianca stuff with them losing. And I just yeah. the booking of it was just driving me nuts. And then I saw this segment. Roman is just one of those guys. He's, you know, he's protected like Lesnar, just comes across as just a giant megastar. And you can't take your eyes off of him. He just delivers. He's, you know, cool hand Luke. He's, uh, he's just awesome. And then Daniel Bryan is just the perfect foil for him. You know, Roman Reigns is that cool quarterback in high school. Daniel Bryan's kind of like the normal, likable guy. And uh, it's just such a cool dynamic. I love it. Uh, I, I hope they... Uh, build Brian up some more. I hated how they just kept beating him every other week. He was losing to Cesaro like two or three weeks in a row. Uh, mm-hmm. But I hope they come back to this, get Daniel Bryan some wins because clearly he's going to lose next week. Get him some wins and then come back to this feud in the summer after Roman and Edge are done. Yeah. They, I mean, they do a lot of contract signings on SmackDown, but this one stood out. I mean, they all just kind of run together usually, but I, I really did like the interaction here. And how they got to that. I just think, you know, I alluded to Jimmy Uso coming back. I just think the reason they're retelling the story of Jay Uso pissing off Roman Reigns is because, like, it's going to lead to him beating up. Because I don't think he's beating Edge next week, right? So that's going to piss off Roman Reigns. And I think that's he's going to get beat down so much that Jimmy Uso might come back to save him. And I just think that that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Uh, so you think Jimmy, uh, Jay Uso uh, turns away from Roman? Uh, who knows? Who knows what will happen if, like, maybe Jay will double down and say he wants to be with Roman and that will lead to Jay versus Jimmy at WrestleMania. Uh, there's all kinds of ways you can do this, but I think this would be a good time to bring him back because you can't just keep going to this well where Jay gets beat down after screwing up and then we go back to normal. And then Jay gets beat down. I think this time you have to go so far that it brings out the family member, um, kind of like they almost did when they had Jay versus Roman a couple months ago at uh, Hell right, in the Cell. Right, and he came out, came out. And then they didn't yeah. follow up on that. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. I just want to say, I feel like 
as far as contract signings go, Romans have delivered every single time he comes out and he's either an excellent segment or he cuts a really good promo, still going back to that one he cut on Drew McIntyre. He, as soon as that share gets moved to the head of the table, you know it's on and you look forward to it. So you have to give him props because a lot of times contract signings are always the same, you know, but yeah. with him, he always managed to bring out the best on the other person or cuts a really good promo that has kind of like changed the atmosphere of, of a contract signing feeling like a big deal. Roman's on another level right now. I just feel like as a character, he is at the top of all of wrestling by far, in my opinion. And uh, he just, he, uh, again, he doesn't come across as fake at all. It seems 100% his character. He doesn't seem like he's reciting lines or... Uh, you, you know, trying to wait for his cue. Same as Daniel Bryan. He's, it seems completely mm-hmm. natural. And that's what I love with these guys is it just feels organic. Yeah. Right. Very real. There's a you, lot of realism as to why these two want to fight each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. They, they find a way to make it make sense. So I, I'm digging it. I, I dig it. And that's why this turned around SmackDown for me because I was not digging the show until that. Yeah, and I love that they're complete opposite, like Raj said. There's just something about Daniel Bryan being the ultimate underdog. Everybody likes him, and Roman Reigns just being that bigger guy that just has it going on. He just gives that dynamic, you know. Um, I, I am excited for their match. It will probably be the only highlight as far as Fastlane goes, is that you know they're going to put on a really good match. Yeah. Well, uh, Nathaniel show. Cook with the $1.99 Super Chat saying, Edge needed this. He was becoming a pain and annoying. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so weird because when uh, after Edge cut that promo before the Royal Rumble, I was like really excited about the pot- the potential of Roman versus Edge because those promos could just be killing it, you know. But it just had, they just haven't they haven't been able to fully commit to that match, and just so it's been lingering. Yeah. Uh, Tammy, I wasn't Tammy excited. Agreed, I wanted him to pick Drew McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> Tammy's agreeing with you. You say yes because contract signings are usually terrible. Mm-hmm. They usually are. They're very redundant. They're, yeah. uh, as and Chris Pantaleo is saying, their contract signings are overdone. But yeah. at least with Roman, they find them easy, easy to watch. Yeah. yeah. So that was your show. That was uh, how SmackDown went off the air. So should we let's uh, yeah, yeah, put a grade on it real quick okay. uh, out of 10. Let's, why don't we do that and then get to the big news. Um, Uh, I'm going to give it a 7.5, but three quarters of that is based on Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins' suit. (laughs) (laughs) I can't give it a pass because it did end well, but I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10 because, uh, you know, I'll give it like a C or, you know, C minus in terms of a whole. Yeah, yeah, it's somewhere in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just thought they did so much damage to Bianca Belair and Sasha, and it just stood out so much. And that's what's, you know, if you look at the chat, that's what they uh, are kind of upset with, and it's kind of lingering with people. So I just think, for if we look back on how, why this match was a bad WrestleMania build or a bad WrestleMania match between Sasha and Bianca, this is the show where it bottomed out, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, if it weren't for the horrible stuff with Sasha and Bianca, um, I'd probably give it like a probably like a seven and a half, but because of that, I, I got to bring it down to, I'll, I'll go in the middle of you guys, like a 6.75. JK Broadstock's asking, where's Buddy Murphy? He was on the show tonight. He wrestled mm-hmm. Cesaro. Uh, Does he mean the name? Because they call him Murphy um, now. Is that what he's talking about? But um, yeah, he's, he's back. He looked yeah. great in there tonight. I want to see more from Buddy Murphy. I would rather see Seth Rollins feud with Buddy Murphy than Cesaro, to be honest. He's the young guy that they should be investing in. Yeah, 
I mean, but we saw it for so long. I don't know that we them did, together yeah. did anything. It feel like a WrestleMania now. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. News. All right. News? So, Andrade, are we going to set him free? What's going on? So to the news, Andrade. Uh, we first reported at Wrestling Inc. earlier today that Andrade had requested his release uh, earlier this week at uh, this past Monday's Raw tapings. Um, he's been there for a long time. Uh, he hasn't been used. Uh, he had a minor elective surgery last October, which was something we had exclusively reported at the time. Um, but he was ready to go like a month later. They never brought him back. He hasn't been used at all. Um, and he, yeah, he's just been floundering. They haven't, I mean, it's, it doesn't seem that hard to just bring him in and have him wrestle, you know, <laughs> just, um, but they haven't. And so he requested his release. And just before we went on the air, uh, Dave Meltzer reported at the Wrestling Observer that they denied it. Of course they did. Of course they did. So, uh, Issa, uh, Alfred, I don't, I, I don't know if you guys follow like other sports and and um, and, and things like that with contracts, but WWE and UFC they have it, so they can release you at any point without cause, and and mm-hmm. I think that without cause is a big thing. They can release you, uh, and and on top of that, you are paid your downside for three months, but you know if they can drop you at any time, but a talent can't. They're, they can't give three three months notice and go. Um, is that mm-hmm. is that how it is in, in baseball and basketball football? No, I, no. But I mean, the the thing can. I think there's like an option to opt out. The players yeah. can opt out and they put it somewhere halfway in between their contracts, right? So you'll see every two years they'll say, okay, this person's gonna opt out or they're gonna stay and finish up their contract. So somewhere in there, most players, at least in baseball, that's my favorite sport. That's what I follow a lot. They do have an option to opt out somewhere in the middle of that contract or an extension. So that is signing to their into their deals but then again they're employees they're they're not independent contractors which i think is the big difference you know when it comes to that yeah a lot of contracts are different what a lot of times happens is the players especially the bigger star players will have like a no trade clause in their contracts so they're the ones calling the shots in terms of when they're going to get dealt or if they want out they're the ones who are going to have to sign off on that um but yeah it's not the to where they can like give notice or something like that okay yeah i I mean it just seems you know, very one-sided because um, it, it sucks because it's one thing if they're using him and he wants to request his release. I, then I understand saying, well, he signed up for his contract he, and, you know, the, you know, tough duty, you know, you're, you're yeah, stuck. Yeah. But when they're not even using him, that almost seems like a breach because, you know, you, 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 he signed that contract with the expect, expectation of being a performer and he's not being allowed to perform. Yeah. When he's able to. It's so sad, right? You go back to thinking about that amazing match he had with Gargano. Like, I'll never forget that match. That match was the, the definition of epic. I was at MSG when he won the U.S. title at that house show, which it was probably, I, w- I wasn't shocked. I predicted it. Um, From but, Ray Mysterio, right? Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. You can tell why I predicted it. But <laughs> it was it was also because we always get something big at MSG, right? We're spoiled. Right. And because when that house show happened, we didn't have any special appearance. No Brock Lesnar, no Undertaker. So I was like, all right, if you don't have a special performer, you're going to get a title change because they always give MSG something. That's just how it goes. So I was very excited to see that happen and just to be there and get to tweet it and send it to everybody before people knew about it. And I remember that he got suspended. 
And when he got suspended and they let him keep the title, I personally thought, okay, maybe there is a little bit of pull behind this guy because technically speaking, they should have made him drop it or, you know, relinquish it or whatever. I really thought that they still had a little bit of faith there. But then after that, it just, everything just seemed to go downhill at first in the pandemic with Selena Vega. They were really running the show, Selena, Andrade, and their, and their you know, their group. And then I don't know, I really don't know what happened. He just disappeared, like you said, and they just don't bring him back at all. And it's not just him. There's a handful of talent that you're just like, what happened? Andrade, yeah. Aster Black, like, what happened? Where did they go? And if you don't have anything for them, send them back to NXT. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Andrade, him and Zelina Vega, when they were in NXT, I'm like, this act could be a hot act on the main roster. It'll be hard to mess him up. But I could see it, you know, they, they do have a knack for uh, not even giving it a, a real good shot. And Because Alina Vega, people might be forgetting, when they were doing that empty arena uh, at the Performance Center, those shows, those were god-awful, and she was just the star of those shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, she, I mean, she just, she stole most of those um, episodes that she was on. And here we are, you know, uh, eight months later, or whatever it is, and... It's it's a shame. I again, if you're not using them and you're not sending them to NXT, then it's just cruel to keep holding on to them. Oh, it is. But WWE does not care about cruel. The way they do their contracts, <laughs> they do, they'll freeze your contracts to get hurt so that they can keep on holding on to you. And with AEW signing everybody away, the last thing they want is another guy being a free agent and having AEW scoop him up, which I actually hope isn't the move that Andrade makes if and hopefully when he's able to get out of that contract or get out of WWE because, I mean, there might be a backlog of talent. This guy is just so talented that I just want to see him featured, uh, you know, somewhere. He's a guy that as things start opening up, I want to see him on the indies as one of the bigger stars there uh, because, like, he's just so talented that I don't want him to be in another situation where he's getting lost in the shuffle, which would happen if he went to AEW. Yeah, I agree. I think ROH could really use him. They need yeah. a shot in the arm. And, and you know, he's his best friend is, you know, our very close friend is Roosh, Roosh, who's the ROH world champion. So, Do you know what's left on his contract? Does anybody know? Has that been reported? I don't. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'll, you know what? I'll look know. into that. Yeah, I would love to know because I'm afraid they're going to pay him to sit down now. Like, they're not going to use him. That's what I they mean, did. they're going to yeah. be petty. They did that to what Neville was it? Remember? Yeah. Where they That's just kept Neville. him... Yeah, so I mean, we'll see, but um, they're gonna. It's, it's just, it just seems so petty to do that, you know. And and I get it, I get it. Listen, but he's not gonna cool down. That's, he's not a name that people are going to forget about. So when he pops up, whatever he pops up, it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, and some people are asking if they can freeze his contract right now. They can't because he's willing to work, and they're not using mm-hmm. him. If he's injured, he did have that minor elective surgery. They could freeze that one month, and they, I mean, they could tack that on to his contract, but they can't freeze it because he's, he's willing to be used. Um, Cyclops is better than Wolverine with a super chat. (laughs) Ross Tank is getting on SmackDown, just like NXT. (laughs) Uh, The the one thing SmackDown has right now, two huge things going for it. One is that it's two hours and second is that Roman. And if they book Sasha better, she's proven her and Bailey last year, they were killing it. They were the hottest thing on that show. So hopefully, hopefully they turn that around. Nate Erickson with the five dollars super chat saying, "Do you think a talent like Andrade could exploit the third party rule to get released?" A lot of people are saying that. Hey. Depending on the size of the fine, it might be worth it to them. That is the problem: is that they can fine you. So not mm-hmm. only can they, you know, uh, suspend you or give you, you know, give you a warning, suspend you, they can fine you. And I don't know if you know. 
how big that fine is. I don't think they've done that yet, but you know, unionize. I don't know know if you want to get on their bad side either. Yeah, this is another example of why wrestlers. I know it'd be hard to have, but they need to unionize. I mean, they're in this window now where it's uh, they can happen with the right people in the administration who are fighting like all these uh, contracts that WWE has and the independent contractor classification. But, I mean, wrestlers really need to unionize because this is like he's in prison. You know he wants to leave, and there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be bad if he's asking to be released during a pandemic. <laughs> you know, yeah. where there's not all these crazy <laughs> options. And, you know. That's a good point. <laughs> wow, that, that is true. Oh, man, that's <laughs> Stellar Justin Lopez saying, if this were sports, Raj, this is the equivalent of a player demanding a trade for not getting playing time and being denied, basically. Sure, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Um, Terrence Witted saying, he should just start walking on TV for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> they had Lacey Evans do that for like six months, remember? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of people saying that he should open a Twitch account. Uh, Look, you know, again, they could just find, they could be, I mean, um, again. (laughs) (laughs) Any Um, other news? So also WrestleMania, they're looking at doing 45,000 fans per night. That's a lot. Wow. How many were there for the Super Bowl? Is that what the Super Bowl brought in? No, I don't think it was that much. No, the Super Bowl was like 20. 20 Yeah, 20, I want to say 23,000 or something like that. Yeah. That's a lot of people. (laughs) yeah so this will be the biggest crowd assuming it sells out um it'll be the biggest crowd for uh in the united states since the pandemic started and you will hear that you will hear that time and again on wb programming they might even say this was the first public gathering since covid19 happened they're going to be touting that what's the line they kept using tonight back in business wrestlemania back in business and, like, selfishly as a fan, I want to see the spectacle of a bunch of fans back. I'm just getting over having to watch these long shows with no crowd. So I can't wait to see it. But it's just, it really does make me nervous that, you know, we're this close to the finish line. And they're having a super spreader event, essentially. <laughs> what yeah, makes me I... nervous is the car not being built. How are you going to sell? I mean, people want to go somewhere and people want to see an event, I guess. But the fact that we don't even know what match is going on what night. What if somebody just wants to go to for one night? What if, like, I, they need to really build this car or it's going to hurt them financially. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the Texas Rangers, they've been given permission to play at 100% capacity. Right. They will gonna... never fill that stadium at 100%. What? Not even in a non-pandemic. It's the Rangers. Right. Like, that's not going to happen. 10% no matter what. <laughs> I don't know enough about baseball, but it is, um, I will say this, it, it, it is It is uh, like a week before WrestleMania, but even at capacity, they're, assuming both sell out, it, WrestleMania would still be bigger because the Rangers' capacity is like 40,500. Wow, in their brand new stadium, that's it? That's all it sits? Mm-hmm. Whatever, I guess they, they, they get it, they get it. They're not going to, they don't need a 50,000 stadium when it's the Rangers. Anyway. Right, yeah. Actually, it's, it's kind of sad because the stadium never really got to open. Their opening day was last season, last year, and it never opened. It's a brand new stadium that's been sitting there empty for a year. So I bet they cannot wait to really fill it up, which yeah. will never happen, yeah. but still. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, finally, Asuka has been suffering from concussions, uh, or, she, or she suffered a concussion from that kick from Shayna Baszler. So it's not known uh, how long she'll be out. Um, you know, these things, you just can't time it. So it could be days, it could be months. We've seen 
you know, Finn Balor in the past where he was back pretty quickly. Um, and then other times it, it takes a long time. So hoping the best for her because that was a brutal kick. And mm-hmm. um, hopefully she's back soon because, you know, uh, clearly the match, and, and granted her health is way more important than a WrestleMania match, but her WrestleMania match was supposed to be with Charlotte. Yeah, it um, makes sense why that build is kind of on hold on Raw. I'm pretty sure they're trying to wait and see if she's going to be okay or not before they really decide what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's different when it comes to concussion. So, yeah. And they've only got like a month out. She doesn't have a lot of time to recover from this. So, hopefully, she uh, gets well soon. Mm-hmm. As long as she comes back healthy. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Can you guys think of any other news items that we, we might have missed? No. No, those are the two big stories. I mean, you know, the Andrade thing was huge, man. Good job on that exclusive. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Well, that about does it. Uh, Glenn, Glenn has been out. Glenn is out this weekend. He will be back next week. Uh, Matt Morgan's on vacation. He'll be back a week from Wednesday. Um, and yeah, do join us back here on Monday for the Wrestling Inc. podcast. And thank you again for tuning in. And we will talk to you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.